Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. joining us here today go ahead and take a seat if you are here in the house in person if you are watching us online thank you for joining us we are glad that you can be here as well um, if you are here for the first time my name is pastor gabe and if you're watching for the first time uh, nice to meet you we would we would like to connect with you so if there is uh, if you're watching online, you can uh, join us in the chat below uh, and let us know that you're new. If you're here in person, we can meet you out in the service uh, afterwards. Um, if you are also here and you want to give to our ministry, we don't uh, w- we would very much appreciate it. Everything that you give goes to our day to day operations and the work that we do here in this church. And you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Or you can give through text by texting eight, the number 84321. Text the amount that you would like to give and you would like to, um, uh, if you want to give it as tithes or if you want to just give it as offering, that is also an option as well. Um, we want to invite you to join us on Tuesday nights for our e-groups services, our e-groups, well, not services, but e-groups, our small groups. It's a time where we get together, pray, study the word and study uh, the Bible and learn more of ourselves, learn more of God. And it's a great time to be at and we eat, too. So uh, some, well, not food, food, but we got snacks and we would like for you to join us on Tuesday nights here in our annex building. Next week, uh, you're going to get a break from me speaking to you guys, and uh, we're going to be having a guest speaker by the name of Monica Gutierrez, who is a missionary itinerating, a missionary associate itinerating. She gets ready to go on, uh, go out into the mission field uh, where she will be serving, and we are excited to have her here. So don't miss out on that opportunity to be here and meet her. Uh, she is a good friend of my wife and uh, mine. Uh, we've known her for a while. And so don't, don't miss out on that. Don't miss on that opportunity to be here next week. Our church is also doing... Um, a special event this weekend uh, on Friday and on Sunday. We're celebrating what we're do- calling Breakthrough. Uh, it is a prayer weekend event. And on Friday night, we're going to be having a special service, I believe, at 7, 7.30. At 7.30. Uh, so we would like for you to join us. It's going to be a bilingual service along with our Spanish and English churches. And so if you have the opportunity to be here with us, join us, as well as Sunday morning, our Spanish service is going to be doing something continuing that. And so we will take time to pray as well in our English service alongside them for this special event. Uh, With all of that out of the way, we are glad that you are here. And we are continuing our series, uh, Strange Encounters. Actually, this is going to be the last message in this series. So if you haven't looked back, take a t- take some time to look back on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, or 
on our website, and you can catch up. And if you're watching right now online, or even if you're here, take a moment to share this with someone you don't know. Um, not someone you don't know, someone you do know. <laughs> share it with someone you do know. And you never know what, how, how the Word can bless someone today. But today is week three, the final week of our Strange Encounters series. And we've talked about some odd stories. We've talked about Jesus talking about uh, eating flesh and blood. And uh, that sounds odd, but he was definitely not talking about being a cannibal. Uh, we talked about last week, Elisha, the prophet Elisha, and uh, his uh, ability to call out bears for some reason. And that was a thing. And God moves in the strangest of ways. And today we are talking about another prophet. Um, and the prophets were always a weird bunch of people. Like they were powerful uh, men and women of God in the Bible. But oftentimes God asked of them to do very strange things. There is a prophet that God asked him, build a model of Jerusalem and play war with it. And that's going to be a symbol of the battle that's going to come. It's like the Bible has some weird stories in it. And today we're talking about a man by the name of Balaam. And if you recognize the name, you know probably what story I'm going to be talking about. If you don't recognize the name, it is okay. But before I get started, because Balaam was spoken to God in a very strange, spoken to by God in a very strange way. And sometimes God does that. We don't always know how God is going to speak to us. Sometimes he will speak to us through people. Uh, Maybe it's a word of encouragement from a friend, a a time or a moment that they say something that you really needed to hear in your life. Maybe you're reading the Bible and a a verse happens to pop out and you say, that's exactly what I needed. Maybe here on a Sunday or a Tuesday and you're like, I needed this today. God spoke to me in this moment. And you never know how God is going to speak to you or what he's going to do to be able to talk to you. And I had one such moment in my life. Where several years back, uh, I don't remember exactly how long ago, but I had a moment where I was arguing with a friend and I was angry. I can't even tell you what, what I was angry about, what even what we were talking about, what even was going on. I just remember that I was angry. I was upset. I was upset at him. I was upset at the situation. It was at night and we were outside and we were fighting. I was str- I'm surprised no one came out to try and tell us anything. And in that moment, though, that is when God interrupted and God intervened. As we were upset and raising our voices, trying not to cause too much of a scene, someone that was simply passing by walked past us and stopped right beside us. And I was like, oh, man, we're we're bothering people, whatever. No, he looks at us and he says, isn't God good? Isn't God good? Isn't life full of good things? We should stop worrying about the small stuff and just thank God. And he turns away from us and just walks away. He just walked away. And it was just like, we just bust out laughing and we're like, what just happened in this moment? I don't know. He had a little bit of a glazed look in his eyes so that maybe he was on something. I don't know. But in that moment, it broke the tension. And whatever it was we were angry about, we forgot. 
And we started to apologize to each other and we moved on and we're like, you know what? God speaks and God moves in weird ways. We didn't know that was going to happen. It was, it was a weird thing to happen. And still to this day, I'm like, did that really happen? That was so weird. But God does these things. He speaks to us oftentimes in weird ways. Sometimes not the same. Everybody he speaks to in different ways. And in this story, we're going to be reading in Numbers chapter 22. God does just that. He speaks to the man named Balaam in a very weird way. Now, to give you a little context before we get into the passage, Numbers chapter 22, verse 21, the story starts before this, and it happens because the people of Israel have left, uh, they have left Egypt, they've been wandering in the desert, and now they're in an area called the plains uh, of, of Moab. And the king of Moab is not happy that millions of people are simply wandering through his country and he sees them as a threat. He says, they need to be dealt with, so I need to do something. So preemptively, uh, Balak, who is the king of Moab, says, I need to do something. So he sends for a man named Balaam. Now Balaam, at the time, is a very renowned prophet. He is renowned for what he can do. He is renowned as a prophet, meaning that he has a connection with God. He is renowned as uh, someone who practices divination that can tell the future. And he is also renowned as someone who is a seer who can speak curses or blessings on people. And the king of Balak says, I know whoever you bless will be blessed and whoever you curse will be cursed. And so I need this man to curse this people because they are too numerous for me. And if they decide to attack, then I am done for. If they decide to attack me, I am done for. So what I want to do is I want to call Balaam and I want him to curse this people so that maybe if I take up my armies and go against them, I can win this. And so this is where we find him. And God, he has sent messengers to Balaam and Balaam has responded that God told me not to go. But this man is persistent. So he sends messengers again and he says, come on, I'm giving you a blank check here. Anything you want, anything you desire is on your, uh, it's it's for you. You say it, name it, it's yours. And so Balaam says, well, you know, let me consult with God again. Maybe maybe this blank check uh, will change his mind. And so God tells him, all right, go ahead and go with them. He first said, don't go. And now he says, go with them. So in verse 21, is this is where we find this, the story we're going to read. It says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. The angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him. It almost seems like God is unstable going back and forth. Don't go, go. And now he's mad. But we'll see why in a moment. We'll see why in a moment. Verse 23, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road and into a field. Balaam beat it and got back, got it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with the walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, 
crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Man, this man is not kind to donkeys. Verse 26, Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with the staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. This is the weird part of the story. The Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and the donkey looked at Balaam and said, He spoke, What? Have I done to you to make me beat, make you beat me these three times? And as if he is not even phased by the fact that a donkey is now speaking to him, Balaam responds in verse 29. You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which have all, you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it not turned away, I certainly would have killed you by now. But I would have spared it. He says, I would have killed you and let the donkey live. Verse 34. Balaam said to the angel, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. So now if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. And when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him with the Moabi, in, at the Moabite town on the Arnon border at the edge of his territory. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why you, didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? He says, Well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied, but I cannot say whatever I please. I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. So this is a really strange story. It, it, it's like something out of a fairy tale. It's like something out of Shrek. We know Donkey Donkey. Everybody knows Talking Donkey. There's a Shrek. His name is Donkey. I don't know if this donkey had a name. Um, but this donkey talks to Balaam, and Balaam has a conversation with it. Not only that, God is angry, and it doesn't make sense because God said, go ahead and go with these people, and he's sending him, and some, suddenly God had a change of mind and was just like, what, what is happening here? This story is all over the place. There's a conversation with the donkey, there's an angry God, and there's a man who can't even see, who is supposed to be a man of God, who is supposed to be spiritual have this connection to the spiritual world, and yet he can't even see the angel, but a donkey can. So it's an odd story. There's a lot going on here, and there is more than more to the text than we might understand. And so today, what we want to do is we want to look what is happening here, and we want to see what we can learn from this story. Because there is more than meets the eye. See, God first stopped Balaam from going to meet this, this king, Balak, in verse 12 of Numbers 22. He tells them, do not go with them. He says, I don't want you to go with them. And then later, he decides, you know what, Balak, they keep sending for you. Go ahead and go. And so it does seem like God is like, 
you know, uh, fickle here. He's like, well, you know, yes, go, don't go. What, what am I supposed to do? God keeps telling me to go, don't go, don't go. What, what is God been? Sometimes we might feel like that in our lives. It's like, well, does God say yes or is he saying no? Sometimes it's you saying yes and God saying no. But there's more to the story. And the way we can understand it better is actually in the original language of the text. See, in English, we get, don't go with them. And then when God says, go, he says, go with them. So we have the same ending to the sentence, with them. And so that implies to us, so it's like, okay, yeah, go, don't go. So it does, doesn't seem to make any sense. But in the Hebrew, in the original language of this text, in verse 12, when he says, go with them, it's a Hebrew word that says, that is pronounced imahim. And it means, do not go with them physically. Don't physically go with them. But also, don't mentally go with them. Don't let your mind go with them. Don't let yourself go with them. I don't want you to go at all. I don't want you to entertain the idea that they are trying to get you to do. I don't want you to. And it means to literally just physically go with them. I want you to go with them. But God's mind has not changed. His intention is still, do not curse the people of Israel. Do not entertain what they have asked you to do. I want you to go, but I do not want you to speak a curse. That's why he said, go with them, but only speak what I tell you to speak. And so God is angry in this story because Balaam decided to go both ways. He said, I'm going to go physically now, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already intense on cursing this people. That is what I'm going to do. Cause I mean, why not? Balak offered me a blank check. He said, I could have anything I wanted, all the silver, all the gold, anything I wanted. Why would I not go ahead and do this? And if God is telling me to go, that means he must be fine with it. So in his heart, Balaam said, I'm already going to do this. And so this is why we find God angry at Balaam. Because he told him, no, I want you to go, but only speak what I want you to speak. And so God is not bipolar. God is not fickle. God is not any of that. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And when we think we can trick him, he knows our intentions. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows what's in our minds. He knows our plans before we even decide to do them. And so sometimes he will intervene with us. So this story presents us a lot of things. It presents us God looking at our intentions. It presents us with choices in our lives. Do we follow God? Do we obey God? Or do we do what we want to do? It presents us with this opportunity to how do we understand this when the people of God weren't doing anything at all to the king of Moab? In fact, God had commanded Israel, don't mess with Moab, don't mess with Edom, and don't mess with those, these three nations that are surrounding the promised land because they are distantly related to you and I don't want you to touch them. Don't touch these people. And so they were commanded, actually, to not do anything. Yet, the king of, ba- uh, uh, of Moab still intended harm on the Israelites. So, bad things 
are coming to them. They don't even know. They're not even aware. They must have learned the story from somewhere else because this is not from their perspective. This is from the perspective of the prophet Balaam. And so there's a lot going on. So what can we learn from the story? What can we get from here? First of all, God will speak to us in order to reach us. God will always find a way to talk to us. See, some of us are maybe are in the mindset that God doesn't speak to us. Or I've never heard God's voice. Or God, I don't even know what that might look like. But see, what we have to understand is that God doesn't always speak to every single person in the exact same way. Each of us have a personal relationship with God, have our relationship with God. And there are ways in which God speaks to us in general, but there are ways that God will speak to us that we may be able to understand better than anybody else. And so God will speak to us, however it might be. He might speak to us through the Word, like I said, like if you're reading the Bible, or if you're hearing a sermon or a preaching, it's like, I needed that. God, God will speak to us through His Word. God will speak to us through people, There are people that are prophets. There are people that are believers that listen for the voice of God, that listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit, or sometimes they don't even know that God is using them to speak to someone else, and they are. Maybe it's just a kind word or a kind action, and God speaks through that. God speaks through circumstances sometimes. Like in this situation, had Balaam decided to give up because the donkey just wasn't going, he could have decided... I'm not going. His circumstances was my donkey ain't listening. Obviously something is wrong. I need to go back. I can't go with you. Sometimes our circumstances are where God is trying to speak to us. The things that are around us, the things that are happening around us, that tell us can tell us yes or no. Sometimes God speaks to us in ways we might not even imagine. The Bible tells us there's a still small voice sometimes in us. Your conscience. Everybody's got that conscience, that little voice that says right or wrong. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Something in us that God has placed inside of us. God speaks to us. So God will speak to us when he is trying to get his point across, when he's trying to work in our lives. God will speak to us, even if he has to use a donkey to do it. I mean, that would be strange. The, the weirdest part of the story is just Balaam just like isn't phased by this. He just starts having a conversation with the donkey. Donkey's like, why are you hitting me? Because this is, why are you doing this to me? I'm here with these people. And he's arguing with the donkey. Like, I don't know if anybody else in the situation understood that the donkey was talking or that Balaam was just screaming at the donkey. I, I don't know, because he was with other people and it may, he must have looked like a crazy person. He's like, I, I, w- I would kill you right now if I was standing. Why is he yelling at his donkey? What is going on? This is weird, right? Or if they heard the donkey talking, I I don't even know. Maybe they thought it was a demon or something. Something's happening here. We need to leave. This is between Balaam and his donkey. But God will use what he can to speak to us, to be able to reach out to us. But sometimes the reality is we are stubborn and we like to get our way. We like to do what we want to do. We think we know best for our lives and that God doesn't. So we would rather have our own way than God's way. We would rather have our own way than God's way. See, God tells us no sometimes. I've always heard God tells you yes, no, or wait. And 
There's some truth to that, but we may ha- we have to understand that there's complex things that God is trying to s- get us to see. He sees things that we don't see. He understands the way the way the world works better than we do. He understands ourselves better than we do. So when He tells us no, there is a reason to it. He wants us to understand that He has something better in store for us. See, God did not want Balaam to curse. Israel, not just because, not just because he didn't want Israel to be cursed, but in the first place, he had no intention of dealing with these people or messing with these people at all. He says, I don't want them to be harmed by the people of Israel. So God had good intentions, but because they stuck their nose into something, eventually we find out that Balaam ended up in a battle between Israel and another nation and he died. Because he continued to stick his nose and continued to be stubborn and say that I want my way. See, the story continues and the Bible tells us in the book of Numbers that Balaam does bless Israel instead of curse them. But ultimately, he chooses still his own way. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, it tells us that Balaam is the one that stepped in and gave advice to the king of Moab, to advice to the kingdom surrounding Israel, to cause them to sin and follow other gods rather than God. So even though in this moment he yielded to God, he still in the end chose to do what he wanted more than anything else because he was uh, enamored by his own wealth and own ideas and who he was in his own reputation. He said, I can't let this pass. I want what I want. I want that money. I want that blank check. So eventually he followed that. So we are given that choice to fo- listen to God and see what he, good he has in store for us or follow our own desires. But God will speak to us. He's trying to get our attention. He will try to get to our attention because ultimately he loves us. And when he tells us yes, when he tells us no, when he tells us wait, when he tells us to move a different way, whatever he tells us to do, it is because he loves us. And not because he would rather just see us suffer. Sometimes I think that's what we think of God. That he would rather see us suffer. See us not have fun. See if have this or that or whatever. We, we think this of God. But no, it's because he loves us. A second thing that we can learn from this is God works out good from bad things. This whole story started because bad intentions. The king of Moab wanted to curse the people of Israel. He wanted them to fall. He wanted them to lose in battle. He wanted them to, to lose their way, to be scattered. He wanted them to die. He didn't want them to be around anymore. They were troubling him, giving him anxiety. So I don't like this. I mean, I agree too. I mean, if two million people just suddenly started wandering around in the middle of your nation, that's, that's a weird. <laughs> that, I mean, he's like, where did they even come from? I don't even know. And he heard that they fought some other kings and they won. And it's like, man, if they fight me, I'm dead. I'm gone. And so he had bad intentions to curse the people of Israel. And we wonder sometimes, because sometimes bad things do happen to good people. We ask that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Bad things might happen. Yeah, that's part of life. There are things that we cannot control, situations and circumstances that we can't control or do anything about. But the story doesn't end there. 
Because God used Balaam to bless Israel instead of curse them. He used, Israel, he used Balaam to bless Israel instead of curse them. He was still called, and, and the king uh, of Moab still fully intended to hear Balaam speak curses over Israel. And four times he spoke, four times he gave blessing. And the king got angrier and angrier each and every time. And probably the only reason he didn't step in and kill him was because this man has some power. And if he says, I should die, I probably will. So I'm not going to do anything about that. But he was angry. Because God took what was intended for evil and turned it for good. Because that is the way that God works. God will work out good things from bad things. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that God will work all things out for the good of those who love him. That means that everything that happens, God is going to work it out. I used to believe the phrase that everything happens for a reason, but I no longer believe that. Because, yes, things happen, and yes, God is in control of the world around us. But when we say that, when we say God Everything happens for a reason. We put evil on God. We cause him to be the cause of our evil. We make it seem like he's the bad guy in this situation. But no, he's not the one causing our problems. Yes, our problems are there. Yes, we struggle through things. Yes, things are difficult. And we can't always control it. And bad things happen to us. But God isn't the one making us suffer. Sometimes we suffer because of the choices of others. Things people have done to us, against us. Sometimes we suffer because we live in a world that is full of broken systems. That isn't there for the least of these. That isn't there for the little guy, but is there for the rich and the wealthy and the people that are powerful. And we suffer because of these things. Sometimes we suffer because we make dumb choices. We do things that hurt ourselves, that cause ourselves pain, that cause ourselves difficulty. And we can't always control the situations that we're in. We can't control the difficulties that we are in. But if we will trust in God, God will work out our situations for good in the end. It, not, it might not always seem like that in the moment. It might not always feel like that when we're struggling and we're in the middle of the darkness and we're in the middle of the fight. When we're in the middle of the hardest things that we are going through in life, it doesn't feel like that. But God works things out. It may be years before we see it, honestly. Sometimes we have to be patient. Sometimes we will end up broken. Sometimes we will end up hurting. But God will work it out. There is a form of art in the Japanese culture called kintsugi. And it is the repair of broken things with gold. They will take broken bowls and other uh, utensils and things like that that have been broken into pieces. And they will lay it out on the insides, through the cracks, through everything that it is, and repair it with pieces of gold, gold, melted gold. And so it takes this broken thing and it turns it into a work of art. And that is often what God will do in our lives. He will take us, even if we are broken, and work it out 
into a work of art so that we might be able to bless others, so that we might be able to help others that have been in our place and in our shoes. God doesn't cause our hurt, but he will be with us every step of the way, and he will be there to pick up the pieces once it's over and help us stand back up and be better than we were before. God works out good from bad. Lastly, the last thing we can learn from this is that God is working out a story that we don't always see. See, because this story actually connects to Jesus in a way. And it's like, man, this is numbers in the Old Testament. The people of Israel are just starting their nation. Like, they haven't even built a temple or anything. They got the tabernacle. How does this connect to Jesus? Well, it does. In Numbers chapter 24, Balaam gives a prophecy and a blessing over the people of Israel. And he speaks of the Messiah. He says, out of Jacob will rise a star, a king who will be greater than any other. And so he starts to prophesy the future uh, of the Messiah, the Messiah who will come into the world to save it and bless it. This is the same prophecies that are given time and time again to the prophets of Israel saying a star will rise out of Jacob, a king will rise out of Jacob, and he will be the one to bring blessing to the world. This is who Jesus is, God in the flesh, who stepped into our world to bring blessing and hope and love and healing and restoration to the world we live in. This happened thousands of years before Jesus was even born. This happened thousands of years before this even happened. But see, God works things out for his story. He's doing things that we don't see. Sometimes we're facing difficult circumstances or we're going through life and we don't know why, 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 why am I such a rut? Sometimes it's not even bad things. Sometimes it's like, I'm in a rut. I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Sometimes I feel like I take a step forward and I take two steps back. I'm not really doing anything. I'm just here. What, what is happening in life? God is working out a story that we cannot see. He is fighting battles for us that we don't even know that are there. He's doing work in our hearts that we can't see yet. He is working to provide for us in the, in the secret places. He is doing things that we don't know. God is always working. God is always doing something. Unlike us, he don't need rest. We need rest. We need naps. We need sleep. We need to take a break. We need to take vacations. We need these things, but God doesn't. The Bible says he never sleeps. He never rests, except for that one time. When he finished creating the world. But God is always working on something. God is always doing something for us, through us, in this world. He is working out his story. The bigger picture is working in the background. We can't see it sometimes. Because our story seems so big to us. Our life, what we're going through, what is happening in our lives, seems so big to us. It is the big, because I mean, we feel like we're the main characters of our own story. We're walking through it. We see it from our own perspective. We don't see everything else. 
There's that phrase, out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes you forget people exist. I don't know if that's you, but I, I sometimes I, I, I don't even think about, like people that I've not seen in high school or whatever, suddenly they appear on my Facebook page, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're in person. They're going out, living their lives, doing things, and, and that's like that. We go through our lives from our perspective, and we cannot see what God is working and what God is doing. But he is working out a story greater than any of us that we are part of. And he wants us to be part of so that he can bring us back to himself, to bring people back to himself. This is his story, and he connects it more than we can see. The people of Israel, they didn't know that this was happening. They didn't know that this story was going on in the background. They were just going about their day, going about their lives, wandering in the wilderness, going through whatever it is that they wanted to do that day. They needed to do that day. They were washing clothes, eating food. They weren't doing anything to bother this man. Yet in the background, this story was taking place. And God was working out something bigger that they couldn't even see yet. That they couldn't even understand yet. God is always working. And he's always doing something to point us back to Jesus. And to help us see the bigger picture. And know that he is on our side. Even if we don't believe it. Would you stand with me this afternoon? As we close out today. What I want to do. Specifically. As I pray for you today. And we get into a time of worship. Is I want to pray a blessing over you. You see, Balaam went out in first with the intentions of curse, but ended up blessing. But today I want to pray blessing over you. Because you, maybe you're going through something in life. Maybe things are not clear. Maybe you don't know what your next step is. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe things are difficult. Maybe stuff is going on with family. Maybe stuff is going on in relationships. Maybe stuff is going on in finances, work. Things, I, I don't know. I, I don't see you every day, so I don't know your lives every day. But God does, and he is with you. So I want to pray for you today. To pray blessing over you today. That despite the fact that life isn't easy, and despite the fact that we might be struggling, God is still on our side. So if you would... Close your eyes for a moment, wherever you're at, if you're watching online. And as we pray, I want to pray, as I pray for you today, as you would just receive what God has for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray a blessing over every person in this place today, every person watching and listening to this later that they would first know that above all else, that you, God, are for them and not against them. That you are working in their lives, in the background, in the things that they cannot see, in the things that they don't understand. You are working in that background for their betterment for their future 
to bring them closer to you. So I pray over every ear that will hear this, that though they might be struggling today, though there might be difficult things in life, though their mental health may not be in peak condition, though they may be sick, though they may be stuck and wandering in darkness, or they may be unsure and uncertain of the future, God, that they would know that your promise is true and rings true daily. You will never leave us or forsake us. And that though people in the kingdom of darkness might come against us, your word says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That even though we might feel distant, that your love and your presence has not abandoned us. And so God, I pray blessing provision where provision is needed, healing where healing is needed, God, guidance where guidance is needed, that you are for us and not against us, that you will show us your love and that you hold us in your hand, that even if we cannot control our circumstances, that you are not shaken and that you are bigger and stronger than anything that might come our way. So remind us of this truth that we are loved and we are yours. In Jesus' name, we pray. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.